Masechet Nedarim, Daf Ayin Dalid. We're going to be able to dip back into Yevamot today, and together with all the complexities of that Masechet, and talking about whether a Yavam can annul the vows of a Yevama before he actually does Yibum, while she is awaiting that Yibum. So she is called a Shomeret Yavam. This is a woman whose husband died, and she's waiting for uh, one or more of her surviving brothers to do Yibum, or Chalitza. Ben Yavam, Ehad Ben Lishnei Yavamin, Rabbi Eliezer Omer Yafer. We're going to have three opinions. The first of Rabbi Eliezer says, whether there is only one surviving brother or two surviving brothers. When there's one surviving brother, then he's the only one that could do Yibum or Chalitza. When there's two surviving brothers, then you never know which one, let's say we just we go with Yibum, uh, you never know which one is going to do Yibum. Could be a brother A, could be brother B. Nevertheless, Rabbi Eliezer says, either one can nullify her vows. All right, so Rabbi Eliezer is going to require some explanation, uh, because how could it be? She is not, you know, she uh, this um, Zika, we're going to call it, that's the obligation, the responsibility of a surviving brother to marry the widow, to do Yibum on the widows, because a Zika. So it's not quite a marriage, um, but it is a connection. It's a responsibility to marry. Um, but if there's two brothers, and we don't know which one is going to do it, yet either one can nullify the vows. So that's very interesting of Rabbi Eliezer. We're going to discuss it further. Rabbi Yoshua says, no, if there's only one surviving brother, then he can nullify her vow. Because we know he will be the one to do Yibum. Right? Nobody else could do it. True, he could do Chalitza too. But at this point, there is a Zika. He has the responsibility. And, oh, and only he has the responsibility. And therefore, that is sufficient to give him authority to nullify her vows. Sorry, doesn't matter if there's one or two or a hundred surviving brothers. Makes no difference. Even if there's only one, uh, the Zika, that connection, is not strong enough. It's not like a marriage at all. Um, who knows what he's going to do. He might do Chalitza. There's not, they're not married. And he cannot nullify her vows. All right, those are the three basic opinions we're going to see throughout the daf. We're going to keep going and, and giving uh, further and further explanations for them. So it's important to have all these three opinions straight. Now, within the Mishnah already, there's a discussion. Rabbi Eliezer is going to make a kavachomer. A wife who a person acquires for himself, he can nullify her vows, meaning through Kiddushin. If she's a na'ara, if she's young, then he, a husband, a groom, can nullify her vows along with the father. And so, just Kiddushin alone, that he does by himself, that a person does of his own free will, gives him the authority to nullify vows. If so, then a woman who, who is uh, given to him, who he acquires from heaven, meaning, no, he didn't do anything. The Yavam is sitting at home, and one day his brother dies, and automatically his brother's wife, if, they have, if he has no kids, becomes a Yevama and has an, uh, he has an obligation. Now, so this is done from heaven. He didn't do anything. So if something is done from heaven, isn't that stronger than a human action? Right? A heavenly action should be stronger than a human action. So in this case, since the uh, woman is acquired, he becomes, she becomes acquired to him from heaven, all the more so that should be a stronger case 
and uh, he should be able to nullify her vows. Right? Notice we're not we're not comparing full marriage nisuin because that for sure full marriage nisuin would be like after do boom then 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 it's a full marriage. But we're comparing something that is similar the kiddushin. Uh, which does give a husband uh, the 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 right together with the father if she's uh, if she's um, a, a uh, if she's a twelve year old then also um, and so all the more so if it's given to him from heaven that's to be Eliezer's statement. No, your your does not work because when when a person uh, acquires a woman on on his own through regular kiddushin, then nobody else has a right to marry her. That's the law. If I don't go and give a coin to some to a woman and uh, she a single, I said So now she she has kiddushin to me if somebody else goes and gives her a gives her a coin even if it's more money doesn't work right there's only one kiddushin and no one else has any right to her so there it makes sense that the groom will have a right to nullify that wife's vows together with the father but you cannot compare that to a woman who is given to a man from heaven because the brother died where others do have a right to her what others we're talking about the other brothers if there's more than one brother then brother a mike can do the boom brother b can do the boom so even though because the person dies now by heaven yeah there she is acquired to one of them but one of them, but it, uh, uh, it's not it's not exclusive right because although one can do it, the other one can go and do it first. Either one can, and so you can't compare that to kiddushin where it's one and whoever does kiddushin, that's it. No one else can do it. Here, other people can do it, so it's not as strong of a connection, and so that, that's why the nullification of the vow should not work for a yavam. Okay, that is what Rabbi Akiva said in order to exclude Rabbi Eliezer. But Rabbi Yoshua, he was the middle opinion. It says, so Rabbi Yoshua tells Akiva, your rejection of Rabbi Eliezer was all, would only apply in a case where there were two, uh, um, there were two brother, surviving brothers. And that's where you would say, yeah, um, the, uh, the acquisition from heaven is not full because one of them, either one, can do it. It's not an exclusive acquisition. So, and that's how you un, you reject the Eliezer. But you does, that doesn't reject my opinion because the Yoshua says if there's only one surviving brother, then that's exclusive. So that makes it strong. That zika is like marriage and should be nullification. What do you have to say about the case when there's only one? How come to be Akiva you say even if there's only one surviving brother, he cannot nullify it? And Rabbi Akiva says, yeah, I disagree with you also, Rabbi Yoshua, for a different reason, which is that um, uh, the Yavama is not fully married to the Yavam like an Arusa is to her husband. And we could tell this 
based on the punishment that she would get if she does go and uh, and is with, is with somebody else. Um, if she's an arusa, then first of all, no one else can do kiddushin. Second of all, if someone else sleeps with her, then that would be sikila. Right, that's why we don't like to call arusa just engaged because in popular parlance, just engaged means, okay, you could break it off. There's no halachic value of what we call today engagement. Um, but this is, this is kind of engagement, but it's, it has the, almost the same consequences as marriage. Um, you would get sick, she would get sick, he laughed, she committed adultery, and you'd need a get. So that does create a, a, full, a full bond that is, uh, if broken, if uh, if committed if not faithful get sikila so therefore it makes sense that the husband should be able to nullify the vow but yevama is not so if yevama goes and and is, sleeps with somebody else then the punish it's only a love there's no sikila um, and in fact if someone would do, go and do kiddushin with her although not permitted the kiddushin would work and so you can't compare the two even for if there's only one yavam that yavam's uh, hold over her is much le- much weaker than that of a husband over his arusa okay so that's the biakiva's um a response to the biyoshua all right now we're going to analyze further bishlama de biakiva savad enzika we understand that Biakiva he thinks that the uh, the that responsibility of a of a surviving brother of a yavam to do yibum over the if with the yavama um, is not a substantial connection, right? That zika is not a zika, and therefore it is a responsibility, but it doesn't doesn't make them as if they're married, and therefore. Um, just means that you have to do, go do something before she can go and marry somebody else in a permitted way, but they're not married, and therefore no no a possibility of any yavam, even one yavam, to nullify. Good, we got that. Rabbi Yoshua Savad Yeshika, Rabbi Yoshua says, yes, there is a connection. The, the connection between the yavam and the yavama is very substantial and is almost like marriage. It's, it's equivalent to a kiddushin. Uh, in many ways, and not always, but in some ways, and it's it's sufficient, uh, it's strong enough that um, it, the the yavam can do uh, can nullify the vows as long as there's only one yavam and you know who it's going to be. Fine, we got that right. This is a big machloket in back in Masechet Yavamot, Yeshika and Zika. So fine, they can take one of the two positions. According to the Eliezer, why does he think that even when there are two or more two uh, uh, surviving brothers? Um, well, how come either of the either of them can nullify the vows? Even if you say that a, a, a zika is substantial, but it, it hasn't been decided yet which of them are going to be the future husband. Whoever does ibum first, they will be the future husband. But that's not decided yet. So and now, how could that? How could they uh, nullify now? And only after one of them does ibum, then retroactively we'll know which one it is. But at this point, you can't allow that to happen. Um, uh, um, because it has not yet been decided. So how is Rebbe Eliezer going to explain 
uh, explain this. Can either of them really just go and, and, and nullify their vows? And what if the other one goes ahead and, and does marriage and does the boom? Okay, so that's the big question. And here's the answer. We're talking about a case where one of the surviving brothers, let's call him Brother A, did Ma'amar. Ma'amar is a, um, an equivalent of Kiddushin, but for a Yavam and Yavama. It's a Dirabanan institution. The rabbis looked at this and said, you know, how's it going to work? The brother dies, and then the surviving brother, what does he do? He just, he just has marital relations with her without anything bef coming before. It's not very respectful uh, to just go straight into, uh, into that act, right? It's much, more, it's much nicer, more polite, more respectful to follow a similar procedure to regular marriage, just like regular marriage. First, you do kiddushin, right? You get engaged, you have a process, and only then um, you do nisuin, and he takes her into his home, right? That's a nicer way, more romantic. So too, the rabbi said, we should do this for Yavam and Yavama also. And before the Yavam does Yibum, he should give her a ring, a coin, something of value, right? And do a similar thing, right? You now I, will, are designated to me. I'm going to be the one to do Yibum. And so that way, even if there are, is another brother or many other brothers, Brother A, right, whichever it is, he, uh, Brother A says, I'm going to be the one. So the BMS says, we're talking about a case where one of the brothers did this Ma'amar, and by doing so, he now, his connection to her is stronger than that of any of the other brothers. And since he is uh, now, now designated um, uh, to do the boom, that is like Kiddushin. And just like with Kiddushin, uh, the husband can uh, annul the vow. So too, the brother A that does the Ma'amad, he can annul the vow. And so that we don't have a problem of, oh, later on it turns out, oh, it was the different brother. Right now we know it was Ma'amad. Good. Now, uh, we're going to have to, we need a further um, assumption in order for this statement, for the BMS explanation to work, um, that the Eliezer has to follow Bet Shammai. Well, okay, what could you do? The Eliezer does often follow Bet Shammai. This is Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinos, who we know uh, often taught these older traditions um, even if the, the, the later rabbis were you know changed and were against it he's the one of the Avon story and sometimes yes he did follow Bet Shammai so this could very well be and Bet Shammai said Ma'amar um, makes a full-fledged acquisition like Kiddushin. So this really will work for, for Rabbi Eliezer um, because he thinks that. But Bet Hillel, by the way, does not think that Ma'amar makes a full-fledged uh, a, a full Kiddushin. And so this would only work for, Rabbi, uh, for, for Bet Shammai. Good. Now, according to the Bi'ameh, we still want to explain all three opinions in the Mishnah under this assumption, right? Shouldn't just be that they, they should all three all three Tanaim must be arguing on the same case. Um, so let's explain the other two, assuming that yes, one of the brothers did Ma'amar. Rabbi Yoshua still thinks thinks even though even though one did Ma'amar, uh, nevertheless, it's only true that the Avam can annul the vow if there's only one surviving brother, not if there's two surviving brothers. Why? Because after all, even if brother A did Ma'amar, brother B can always jump the gun and do Bi'ah, do Yibum. 
and then uh, brother A is no longer the, is, is out of the picture. Or if brother A does ma'amad and brother B gives her a get, giving her a get makes her makes the yevama not eligible uh, to do yibum even with brother A with any of the brothers. Once you get a get, it's a separation. They still need chalitza because the get is not sufficient. Um, but the get um, uh, nullifies that ma'amad. So you see, brother B can nullify the ma'amad of brother A either through bia or through a get. So um, uh, so this is actually not like kiddushin. If someone does kiddushin with a woman, then that's it. There's not if someone else gives her a get, it's not going to affect anybody, right? Um, uh, and uh, or if someone else does bia, well, they're going to get sekila, but right, it doesn't undo. It doesn't undo the, the Kiddushin. And so, according to the Yoshua, sorry, doing Ma'amad is not strong enough to, um, uh, when there's two, if there's two brothers, then doing Ma'amad is not strong enough because the other brother can always go ahead and ruin that Ma'amad. That's what the Yoshua sticks to his position. Even if one, uh, it doesn't matter. If, if you do Ma'amad, still, even if you do Ma'amad, still is only true with one brother, not with two. But Rabbi Akiba, Sabad and Zika, and Rabbi Akiba, he'll, he'll say that it does not make a substantial bond at all. The whole Zika that a husband has to his wife, uh, that a Yavam has to Yavama, is not substantial. And even if you do Ma'amar, he'll follow Betilel, who says that um, uh, it does not make a full connection, and therefore it's still insufficient. Even if there's only one husband, that connection is not strong enough at all for him to annul the vow. Now, the Yoshua says it is strong enough. It's just not that uh, if there's two brothers, then since one brother, since we don't know which one, which one it is, and even Mama won't help. So two brothers not, uh, cannot do it. One brother can be Akiva says even one brother cannot. Okay, good. So now we have the answer of Rabbi Ameh that it's a talking about a case where one of the brothers, uh, if there's two, does Ma'amar. Now we're going to come back and ask a couple of questions against Rabbi Ameh. We will answer them. But first, we want to clarify um, this according to a different Amora, or Rabbi El Azar. This is not Rabbi El Azar that Tana we're just talking about. Rabbi Elazar's interpretation of Bet Shammai when someone does Mahamar is that this, this does not um, um, uh, create a stronger bond between the Yavam and Yavama. And when you do Mahamar, all that does um, is uh, is uh, uh, allow a co-wife, right? If the Yavama, the, the, the brother who died had two wives. Um, okay. And so the one of the brothers does Ma'amad with one of the wives. All that does is, is it, it allows that brother who did, who did, who did the Ma'amad, he could marry the a co-wife's uh, relative, like the co-wife's sister. Uh, normally, uh, if while someone if someone's a yavam and yavama, then he, since he has a zika, so he cannot marry even the relatives of that of his sister-in-law. Uh, but because he did ma'amad with one uh, with one of the wives, so then the other wives' uh, relatives are free to go. That's all it does. Um, but it does not create any stronger connection between the yavam and yavama. And according to that, Rabbi Elazar's opinion, Michael. How are we going to explain 
the position of Rabbi Eli Ayazid, if there's two surviving brothers, even with one does Ma'amad, that's not going to help. They, still, they, have, they both have an equal connection to her, so how can both of them go ahead and nullify it when um, either of them may be the one to do Yibum? And the answer is, We're talking about a case where um, the, 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 the Yavam was waiting around for a long time, and she brought him to court and says, Hey, he's got to come and do Yibum already. It's been too long. And the court says, Hey, you, you have to do Yibum, right? Um, brother A, you have to, you have to do Yibum. And, and because you didn't do it yet, you have to pay her her sustenance you have to pay for her food uh, so now since because since whichever of the brothers she brought to court he's the one that now has to give her sustenance um, now he can also nullify the vow why even though there is no 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 connection that, that just because he has to pay her sustenance that doesn't make them any more married but it will help for for vows because we saw this uh, in the name of Rava. we already saw the statement uh, quoted before it's a very useful statement that says uh, any time a um, woman makes a vow if she has a Baal, a husband, then she's going to make it con her vow contingent on her husband agreeing to it. And in this case, even though she doesn't have a husband, not a full husband anyway, but she does have a Yavam, and the Yavam is providing for her, so she will have in mind, he's providing for me, and uh, therefore she is including in her vow a uh, um, a uh, unstated condition that would only be true if he agrees to it, and that's why he um, that brother would have the possibility of annulling it. Okay, good. So we explained um, we explained the uh, Mishnah even for to be El Azad, um, who, uh, El Azad's uh, 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 understanding of Bet Um and now we go back to to be Ameh. Uh, Tenan, Amadabi Eli Ayazes. So now we're going to quote the conversation in our very Mishnah and ask how Rabbi Ameh is going to explain it. Uh, in in our Mishnah, Rabbi um, Eliezer defended his position that even if there's two um, surviving brothers, they can nullify it. And because one does Ma'amas, so we can nullify it. His, uh, his argument was, if a woman who um, who is uh, he, he that if a man acquires a woman himself through regular kiddushin, he can undo a vow. So if it's done by heaven, that's stronger. He should be able to. Hold on to be You said that this is all this. This only applies, our whole Mishnah only applies in the case where one of the brothers did Ma'amar. And if he did Ma'amar, that means he acquired her for himself. So that's the same as a regular Kiddushin. He's doing it for himself. And the answer is, You're right, he did do something himself, but first it was a, she was acquired to him by means of heaven. Right? There's a double acquisition. When the, when the, the brother dies, that's 
uh, that's an act of heaven. And so now he already has the surviving brother, both of them have a zikat to, to her. That's minashamayim. That's going to be very strong. In addition to that, one of the brothers does a ma'amad. Yes, he does that himself, but that's already on the foundation of the uh, shamayim one. And so that's what Rabbi Eliezer meant when he said, um, this one is minashamayim, means mishamayim, in addition to the ma'amad that he also does. All right, good. Now, so Rabbi Ameh solved that. Now, another question about Rabbi Ameh. Tifshot Rabbi Ameh, if it's true that what you say, that this is talking about a case when one of the brothers does ma'amad, then we would have been able to um, answer this question of Rabbah. And when we discussed the, that this question of Rabbah, we didn't have an answer. So how could you be right? Okay, so what's the question of Rabbah? that we didn't have an answer to, that now we would have an answer to. It's interesting, this is a problem that we would have an answer. It's a problem because um, if we, with the fact that we didn't have an answer before means that we didn't um, um, agree with Rabbi Ameh. Okay, anyway, so we would be able to answer this question. We know that according to Bet Shammai, uh, doing a Ma'amar is very strong, um, but how strong? Does it raise it to a level like Edusin, or even raise it to a level of Nisuin? That was the question that we discussed, and we didn't know, we didn't have an answer. But if Rabbi Ameh is right, then we should have brought an answer from our Mishnah. Tivshot Nisuin Ose. It must be that it raises it to the level of Nisuin. And that's why this Yavam alone can nullify her vow. Because if it was only Edusin, then, well, if it's only Edusin, uh, a groom does not have the full right to nullify his vow. Uh, her vow without without the father, right? If it's only Nadam Me'orasa, only Edusin, then you need the father and the husband to undo the vow. And our, our we don't say, we, and our Mishnah doesn't say the father also. It must be that he does it alone, and therefore, how does he do it alone? Because doing Ma'amad is like Nis, is like nisuin, so but we don't answer that. So how to be a man? How come we? How how come we wouldn't bring this Mishnah to answer that question according to you? And the answer is Amaria. Rab Nachman bar Yitzchak Maya feher yafed b'shutafut. Rab Nachman says, yeah, this is what the Mishnah means. It didn't it didn't specify explicitly the father, but when it says that the Yavam can nullify the vow of the Yavama, it means in partnership with the father, uh, of course. And uh, and so therefore, um, it could very well be that it raises it only, the Ma'amad raises the uh, Zika only to a level of Kiddushin and not necessarily to Nisuin. And so even the Biyameh can explain why we did not bring this as a proof uh, to answer the question of Rabbah. All right, now that we challenge Rabbi Ameh and solve those challenges, now we're actually going to support him that Ma'amad is a key ingredient in this Mishnah. We're supporting it from a long Badaita, that this long Badaita is very similar, it's parallel to our Mishnah. It brings the three opinions and a conversation between them. And within the conversation between them, it's going to mention Ma'amad. And so this Badaita is, uh, uh, is uh, clarifying um, and spelling out more than our Mishnah and it's clear it is talking about Ma'amad so to be Ameh is not just making this up out of nowhere he has good support from a Tanaitic source Tanyana Mehachi Kedabi Ameh Shomeret Yavam Ben Yavam Echad Ben Shnei Ben Rabbi Eliezer Omer Yafer is exactly the same as the Mishnah, uh, a woman who's waiting uh, to do Yibum whether there's one or two surviving brothers 
um, they either one can do can do uh, either one can nullify her vows uh, but it will and it'll be the one who does ma'amar the one who does ma'amar of those two either one can do ma'amar but only the one who does ma'amar will be able to nullify the brother but that, to nullify the vow but they can do it even though there's another surviving brother that's a Beliezer only if there's one surviving brother so it's exclusive that makes it stronger um, says, no sorry there's no zika and um, uh, the uh, no Yavam cannot nullify the vow. It's not as strong as uh, as marriage, uh, not even if there's only one brother. Now, Amar be Eliezer. Be Eliezer going to explain his opinion. Rabbi Eliezer reasons, if in a regular case of a regular man and a woman who have uh, not related to each other at all, and she'en lo chelek ba, before he does kiddushin, so um, so they, they have no relationship before the kiddushin, yet once this man gives her a ring, does kiddushin, then it's he's she is fully under his jurisdiction, and he can annul her vows, again with the father, we always have to say that. Um, so if that's true, when there was no no prior relationship and kiddushin alone makes it full. Then a woman where there is already um, some amount of jurisdiction, meaning a yavam and yavama, where he already has some connection to her, then when he does ma'amad, mishabat lishuto, then that should be even stronger that that should be full. That's Abelia's opinion. Right? When you start from scratch, and you do just kiddushin, and now um, he can annul her vows when they already have a relationship. And this is, means even if there's two uh, brothers, uh, so there's already a connection. And now one of the brothers does ma'amad and builds even more on that on that foundation. Shouldn't that be even stronger? Okay, the be doesn't make sense. Notice that we explained means something else. It's not, it's not talking about... Uh, yibum. If you do yibum, they're fully married. We're not talking about that, right? It has to be a case where she already that they um, they already uh, are yavam and yavama, and they're doing something extra. What is that extra thing? It's got to be ma'amad. Okay, uh, we're gonna explicitly mention ma'amad in a second, right? But even here, uh, as the Gemara is gonna point out in a minute, is gonna, this is, is assuming ma'amad. Okay, lo to be akiva lo imamata you can't compare the cases in a case of a regular man and woman who are not related at all. And before um, before, before the Kiddushin, just like this particular man has no no uh, authority over her, so too, no one else has any authority over her either. She is an independent person. And so that's case one. That's why, um, because she has, has no connection to anyone if I go and do Kiddushin then to with her then I can nullify her vows that's not the same as whereas when it's done by heaven meaning a boom case just like one guy has authority over her, so too there are others. The other brothers all have authority over her. And so that's not the same. So because then there's, there's when heaven um, acqu- makes her acquired, when the boom kicks in, 
And when the brother dies, since there's multiple people that now have jurisdiction over her, so that actually weakens the one who does Ma'amad because there's already other people that have a claim, right? They have a connection to her. So now this one guy, his extra act is only a little bit of an extra act and is not going to kick out all of the others. So that's why the Bakiba says, yeah, Kiddushin is actually, regular Kiddushin is stronger because there, no one else has any access to her, and I alone have exclusive access. That's a strong bond. And in, in, in Yibum, everyone has a weak access to her. So if I make mine a little stronger, but everybody else still has, all the other brothers still have that weak access. And so that makes a bond that is not strong enough to nullify marriages. That's the Akiva's counter to the Be'eliezer. Rabbi Yoshua says, I like that you uh, uh, disagree with Rabbi Eliezer, right? But your disagreement only rejects Rabbi Eliezer when there are many Yivamin. That's when you can say, when she falls to him from heaven, then there's many brothers and each of them has access, uh, has a, um, a, 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 some authority over her. But what would you say to me? Because I, I think that when there's, I agree with you when there's two brothers, but when there's one brother, I say that, yeah, then that's a strong connection, right? That should be even stronger. Now you have Mina Shamayim is giving him exclusive uh, Zika, and in addition to that, Ma'amad also. So for sure, that should be very strong. So you have, we have, you have nothing to say to me, Rabbi Yeshua says, my Lord, says, I do. is like, I only said that answer to the Be'eliezer, but that's not the real reason. I think that there's no difference between one or two Yevamim, and there's no difference between whether you do Ma'amad or don't do Ma'amad. Or don't do and how do I know that? Um, uh, even one, even one yavam, and do even doing ma'amad is not strong enough. Compare it to other aspects of their of this connection. If someone does kiddushin to a single woman, then that makes a a, a bond strong enough that. Um, she would get sikila if she commits adultery. Not true. That's not so with uh, with a yavam and yavama. If she goes and sleeps with somebody else, there's no. It's just a love. Um, if someone else would do kiddushin with her, it would work. Not so for a uh, for a single woman who does kiddushin. So uh, let's look at the comparison from for other laws kishad devarim, and you'll see that this argument is not true. Even though there's, you did have the shamayim foundation, and you also did the uh, level of Ma'amar, all this does not add up to, um, uh, to a connection that is nearly as strong as a regular Kiddushin. And therefore, yeah, regular Kiddushin, the husband with the father can do Ma'amar, but in the Yibum case, Rebekah says, no, you cannot do anything. Now, the Brayta just adds a, a nice comment. Um, this is what Ben Azai said when he heard about when he heard this discussion. He says, "Wow, Rabbi Akiva, he's so brilliant, right?" So, woe to me. He may says to you, but since he's saying something negative, he says in the third person, "Woe to Ben Azai that I did not serve Rabbi Akiva properly." Uh, according to one story, at least, Rabbi Ben Azai is Rabbi Akiva's uh, son-in-law. 
um, and he studied late in life and did the same deal that Rabbi Akiva did, that he, she would marry him uh, if, she, if she went and studied. Um, uh, but nevertheless, uh, Ben Azai says, oh, I should have studied more because I could have gotten these brilliant insights like this one. Okay, good. So that's the end of the Braita. Now the Gemara is going to clarify. How come, where, where do you see that this Braita supports Rabbi Ameh that we're talking about a case of Ma'amar. Tekatani ben sha'asaba Ma'amar ben sha'asaba Ma'amar. Because Rabbi Akiva in his words explicitly says Ma'amar. So whether he does it or doesn't, that means the previous uh, 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 opinions were talking about when you do Ma'amar. Good, that's one way. Or even from Rabbi Eliezer's words themselves. Tekatani mishen ikhnesad l'shuto l'nigmera lo. V'yidela kadesh ma'in nigmeru lo. Tifshot mine kishasaba Ma'amar. Since in his words it says when she enters into his domain, then it becomes a full... Um, a, a full uh, a connection. Now, if he if he didn't do this kiddushin, if the yavam, one of the one of the brothers, didn't do a ma'amad, um, then in what way is it more full than than just the shamayim level? So it must be that it is ma'amad. Okay, good. And now, just the last part part to finish up until the next Mishnah. My devarim ken nedarim What does it mean when the Biakibas and his, his phrase, uh, just look at all the other laws um, uh, by, of the relationship between uh, Yavam and Yavama, compare that to the laws between a, um, Arus and an Arusa. What is he talking about? But says, don't you agree that um, a Yevama, if she should go and sleep with someone else, she doesn't get sikila, whereas a Nada does get sikila. So you see that the uh, the connection uh, that uh, that uh, Arus has with Arusa is much stronger, and that's why he can nullify her vows much stronger than that of a Yevam over a Yevama. A gemora le isha, keshem she'arusa, gemora le isha. Ravashe supports Rava's uh, explanation of the Braita based on the language in our Mishnah. Right? This Mishnah, uh, our, our Mishnah, and this Braita, or you can line them up side by side, and so you can use one to explain the other. And that's what Ravashe says um, in our Mishnah. Instead of saying Kesha'devim Kenedarim, our Mishnah says a Yevama is not does not have a full connection to her husband to the Yavam. They're not husbands yet. Um, in fact, the Mishnah says to to, to the Yavam. Uh, so Yavama does not have a full connection to the Yavam um, uh, as much, uh, uh, does not have a, a, a full connection as an Arusa does have to her groom. Uh, so, right, an Arusa has a full connection because if she strays, she would get sikila, and not so a Yavam, a Yavama and a Yavam. And so you see that this, um, uh, spe- uh, uh, spe- this uh, language of the Mishnah fits also with Rava's explanation of the language of the Baraita. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen v'Amen.